<laughs> I like the opening. It's like a it's like a combination of the last few episodes opening. What it is is it's a slow <laughs> evolution. Our our intro is the Pokemon. Our, it's 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 slowly evolving to its final form. And then yep. it fights Pikachu. So uh by the way, I wouldn't know this. I'm a little too um how do you say cultured for this. But do is Pikachu like the most powerful Pokemon or do other Pokemon beat his ass off? Uh yeah, it's the latter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why is he so important then if he's always getting his ass whooped? Uh, you know what? Because he's friends with all the other Pokemon. If you watch the movies, it's like Pikachu is like the leader of all the Pokemon. He's like he he groups them, he rounds them all together in order to help save the day at the end. Well, that makes perfect sense. So he's yeah. like the uh it's like the Leonardo of the Pokemon, but you know, it's a, it's kind of a good analogy because Raphael used to beat Leonardo's ass. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's start the show. Um, yeah. So, so how was your week, man? Uh, it's good. Got some food coming after the podcast. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, the little Uber Eats, the little DoorDash. Yeah, little, little Grubhub. Little same Grubhub. same difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I know the feels, bro. Hey, can you hear that in the background? It's Iron Man bit. too. Oh, is it okay? Do, do I need to, do I need to turn that off? Might want to close oh, the door. Yeah, just, just I have Iron I'll, Man I'll. two showing uh, in the background. We're gonna get copyright strike for this. Um, so you know, so you swing a little Grubhub, I swing a little Uber Eats. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah. What's your I preference? Oh, definitely Uber Eats kind of guy. Oh no, no, no restaurant preference. Oof. It depends how fat do I feel on that day. Okay. Okay. It depends on how fat I want to feel after I eat, right? If I want to feel not so fat, I'll maybe get some Indian food, you know. You know, does that feel wanna... healthier to you? Well, yeah, it does actually. It does. I don't get like the heavy stuff. I get like, you know, some garbanzo beans, you know, veggie patty or whatever. I'm gonna be Hobas. honest with you. That's exactly yeah. what I thought when I ordered today. Because What'd the previous get? days, okay, so today I got Vietnamese. I got a pho soup, and then I got like a, a grilled pork and rice, like a super healthy veggie kind of meal, right? Mm-hmm. But the previous days, I've been ordering like burritos from Mexican places with, mm-hmm. with like the huge queso dip that comes with it, and yeah. like pizzas, like so it's been pretty unhealthy, largely. Yeah, it's the level of fat that you feel too, exactly. right? I like- agree. You know, you eat a nice healthy eat out, you're okay. You eat like some a general so super special with the riciest rice of all time, and you're like, man, I could literally feel the fat cells expanding <laughs> around me. I should not have done that, but it did taste amazing. General, so I don't right, know yeah. what you did in history to get a chicken dish named after you, but damn, bro, that shit is good. Just general, so it's real good. I actually get that too. You say so or so? I'm not sure. I just say yeah. whatever comes to mind. I wasn't asking you that. I thought you. I was just asking you like what your preference was. Mm. So, so. Okay. All right. Um, now I'm going to ask you, how do you say it? So or so? I am I'd not like sure. to be just a little bit racist. <laughs> just a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, it's a fucking, I'm the host that talks first, D. And I'm the host that talks third. So we're, yeah. we're missing one. Yeah. Jesse. Corey, Corey, uh, he can't make it today. He got his second COVID shot. Oh, is that why? And, the second yeah, one. Yeah. 
Okay. He got his second round and he refused to get Mexican fruit punch soda like I told him to. So he's down for the fucking count. And he was like, I can't do it, bros. I can't. So it's just me and Jesse here on this one, and we're gonna fucking kill it. So um a lot of news today. Yeah. You know what? So when I asked you that question, Jesse, I said, How was your yeah. week? Mm-hmm. You said pretty good. I thought okay. you were gonna say fucking amazing. Oh, why? Excuse my language. Sorry. Because of because of all the price action. I was told I was not supposed to curse this much. So I'm laying out and being easy. Uh so so all right, so Coinbase. Coinbase. Uh-huh. They're doing it again, man. They're leading. They are. All I can say is that this company, whether you like them or not, are leading. They're leaders. Brian Armstrong is the most uh, Lex Luthor looking leader I've ever seen, and he's doing a good job of it. Yep, he is definitely Lex Luthor looking. Do you think he pays somebody to shave his head? Uh uh-uh. uh. I think he I does would. it himself. I would pay somebody to shave my head. I'm not trying to get that flexible on my upper back. That fuck that. Screw all. Excuse all that. Screw all that. Anyways, so Coinbase. If you don't know what Coinbase is, you probably just got into crypto accidentally. You know, good for you. Uh, but they went public today on the Nasdaq, and let me tell you something. Uh, it was a doozy of a day. So this was a big day for two reasons. Not only did Coinbase go public on a, like a GPP exchange, but they also released a token-based version of their stock on Binance. Which we don't is- know if they wanted that. We just know that Binance launched it, right? We don't know if Coinbase is kind of low-key upset about that. Oh, good call, man. I didn't even think about that. That doesn't even have to be Coinbase doing that. That could be anyone doing that, right? Am I right about that? So here's the thing. Like I've seen on some projects, they have micro versions of stocks, like testing. People are people have been testing that for the past year, trying really? to like list micro versions of American company stocks. And so this is the first one that I've seen that has actually been successful. Wow, that's a weird way to break a law but not is like oh google is a company that i can't invest in because of chinese but if i am the savvy chinese person i'll make a crypto version of the google stock and call it a token and just wait for the money to roll in i'm curious and i think a lot of people are as well i think Mm -hmm. yagi rusty wayne we're all curious about how it's being pegged to the underlying stock price in real time. Like how is that ERC 20 or whatever it is pegging itself to that? I didn't think about that. Honestly, man, see, that's why I like surrounding myself with y'all. Y'all always make me think twice, maybe sometimes thrice about things. So the, the coin token ticker on Binance doesn't even really have to be Coinbase's. They don't have to be involved whatsoever. I would think that they have to. You sure? I mean, that, that, I don't know. I don't know. There oh, are so many questions. Is, I have more is, questions than I have certainties. Yeah, but that's what makes it fucking awesome. Excuse my language. That's what makes it great. Is it so suspicious? Is it, no, no, no. Well, it is super suspicious, but I think that's what makes it great is because 
it's so in the gray area yeah. that if it works, then they're just gonna make a law to make it work in the future. Is that how is that how law works? Yeah, that's exactly how it works, Jesse. It's <laughs> exactly how it works. Somebody does something and then everybody sits back and they're like, hmm. I don't know if they should be able to do that. And then then they get a bunch of smart people together and they're like, they should not be able to do that. And boom, it's a law. Interesting. Yeah, you can't have you can't have law without outlaws. Yeah, but you don't want to err on the side of being an outlaw. Think about it, bro. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I don't know how I don't know. Do you feel safe? Like, let's say. Let's say we actually had access to Binance.com. Would you feel would you feel safe? Not not from like, is this investment risky as fuck, but it, does this feel legal? Do, do you feel like there might be legal ramifications to participating in that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, there could be legal ramifications to the money I sent that Russian exchange back in like 2014, but well, I know when I clicked that button and my pants got tight, I really didn't care. I was like, <laughs> this could come back to bite me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you just, that's Yo. right. <laughs> that's right. I was like, dude, that's, I honestly believe like that's how most laws are made. They're made by innovative people, innovating without <laughs> asking to, for Trying to get around the laws. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to get around the laws, but they're just innovating without asking permission. Like Elon Musk yeah. right now is innovating without asking permission, right? Yeah. He's just doing things. And he was like, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to keep doing so many awesome things that I'm undeniable at this point. Try to stop me from flying to Mars. Try. And they're like, why do you want to do that? And he's like, yes, right. It's right. He's so far out there that like nobody even cares to like try and like stop him. Neuralink yeah, might be like, the one where it's like, ah, uh, we all feel that underlying yeah. queasy, like, ah. Uh. Yeah, that's the one where I'm like, <laughs> should we be going uh, in this direction? I'm pretty sure we're going to get so scientific that we might actually, like, maybe we do hit, like, God or the God figure. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you guys doing? Like, you're not supposed to be fucking with that. What did do you know? You know? <laughs> on on that topic, did you know just like a little bit of a more of a detour? Um, there apparently is a, like a gene editing shot you can get that improves your hearing perfect. when you're older. I want it back to like, like you it. know perfect hearing. Yeah. I want it right now. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's crazy, awesome. You know how much heavy bass I've listened to in my life. <laughs> my hearing is done. As soon as I turn fifty eight, my ears are turning off. They're going to be like, look, we gave it a shot, but you listen to so much Master P in such tight confinement that your ears are done. We're done. We're retiring. It's going to be crazy, the improvements that we can make in real time, like uh, in terms of like repairing ourselves. Hey, hold up your left wrist and put it in the camera view. Oh, he took them off. used to have the rave bands on. I was like, your ears ears are going to be screwed too. Yeah, I know. I know what happens at a rave. It's called stand <laughs> right next to a fifty-inch diameter speaker and blow your heart away because yeah. <laughs> you can't feel anything but the beat. Dude, All it right. feels good.
so let's get back to it. So Coinbase is doing this thing like always. Coinbase is like, hey, we're the leaders and you guys are the followers. To deal with it. Uh, you know, and the Winkle Wire just like, we're gonna smile at the camera. You know, so that's what they do. And then so let's go to uh, you know, so 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 let's go to topic number two here. All right. Um, and the reason I know it's topic number two is because Alicia put it in here. Topic number two. <laughs> uh so Thank you, Alicia. Ethereum. Right after Coinbase is making waves, just 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 telling the whole world, hey, we exist, we're here, we're we're valuable. Ethereum hits an all new time high, all new time high, old new all time high, new high all time. I can't get those words out. Twenty four hundred pushing twenty five hundred. Let me tell you something, Jesse. Uh, Ether is gonna get to four thousand this year, and it is gonna be fabulous. And I'm gonna love every minute of that because yeah. at that point, I'll be really excited about the technology. Still, <laughs> really excited about the technology. I will be. I'll be in it for the tech, baby. Uh, what do you mean? Why are you laughing? What's so? What are you? Why are you laughing? <laughs> what kind We're of talking, what kind of customizations oh, are you gonna do to your Cybertruck? Like, <laughs> Corey's not here. Corey's not here. We can talk price the whole time, baby. Yes. No. Um. I'll probably get some diamonds in my cyber truck somewhere and a little, <laughs> a little bit of gold. <laughs> you do, uh, what was that? Who's that one rapper? They put like a pink diamond in the middle of their forehead. Mm, I believe that was Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're going to do that? If you say his name fast, it sounds yeah. like Lucifer. And that oh. was done on purpose, my friend. See, rappers, they rappers, rappers. So speaking of which, <laughs> uh, my cousin gained a hundred million dollars richer this this week uh, uh, because Coinbase did go pro, and since Coinbase, sorry, not pro, public, mm-hmm. since Coinbase went public, Nas Nostradamus himself, uh, the Illmatic, got a hundred million. So this guy's a genius. Uh, he's not a genius. He's just a good investor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. What is it? Lyft, Uber, Robinhood. It's double smart to invest in both Lyft and Uber. You're like, yeah, it's a good idea if they're both doing it. Got to bet on both of them. One of them's going to win. Going to lose money on the other. Genius. All right, Lyft, Uber, Robinhood, which is a sack of shit, Nas. You might want to distance yourself. And then um, what's the other one? Dropbox. Which really sucks, Nas. Honestly, I haven't used Dropbox in years because of how bad it sucks. But I guess a lot of people do use it still. I don't know. It just got really trashed for me really fast. But nevertheless, Nas, my cousin, uh, and no, I've asked. He doesn't give me any money. Uh, is richer as well. So, man, Iron Man Two is a loud movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mute that. But <laughs> anyways. Um, crypto's just been like full of weird news lately. I mean, we've got so one of the neat things that I did see, and this did come from the Slack, is that like if the price of Coinbase's stock had gotten at 440 per, then it would have officially been worth more than Goldman Sachs, the bank. And that's mm-hmm. like, what we're, I mean, it's a crypto bank, and we know that we've been saying it for years, but now look at the proof of it like, it is a genuine crypto bank. 
Yeah. Like it, that's what Coinbase is. It's the crypto bank. And you know what? I don't even think GPPs care. They do not care. They love Coinbase. Every single GPP that I have used, have given my affiliation link to get my $10 in Bitcoin, which has turned into a lot more than $10 over the years, loves Coinbase. Loves it. They're like, this is great. I just push the button. I get my crypto. It's great. And then they have these little things I can learn about crypto. I can learn. and uh, They're just doing so right. I saw Alicia Alisa, uh, put a link about um, the 50 richest rappers of all time because we were talking about before the show. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. That's top five. And then Jay-Z's up there. Dr. Dre kind of counts. He raps, but he's a really a producer because his rap game is not very good. Like, he's had three good songs where he rapped and they were pleasant like he's not a good rapper <laughs> fight me um master p is probably pretty wealthy master p's son is probably pretty wealthy little bow wow not wealthy at all uh remember when little bow wow and master p's son uh who was the name of master p's son i don't even know who master p is i'm sorry uh i know who little bow wow is you never heard like make him say uh mm-hmm impressive <laughs> you never heard that at all i don't know maybe maybe i need more more of the melody i'm a melody kind of person uh that was it it was make us say uh na 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 that was the whole song i can't say that i've heard that then impressive well, anyways <laughs> it was a very popular song in the late 90s mid 90s whenever uh what's another who's another one on there Who's who's got to be? There's got to be more. So LL Cool J is probably worth a pretty penny. Will I'll Smith read some of these. On there. Guess who's number one? You probably know who is number one. Uh, Jay Z, Kanye West. It's because of his nah, shoes. Yeah, that's fake. No, it's not because uh, he owns a hundred percent of his brand, the Easy brand. Yeah, but that's literally uh, where most of his net worth comes from. It's like worth five billion in and of itself. More than that, probably. But him personally, not not including that as an asset. Oh, does that okay, count? Fine. Uh, I mean, then so Jay Z is at one point four billion. Kanye is. Well, no, at I think 6. you're right. If, I think if you're right, we measure it, it's still the same. Wow. Roughly, probably they're they're neck and neck. There's that many people buying those ugly ass shoes. So I'm saying dude, the shoe game is insane. And if you if you think the shoe game is insane and you don't like shoes and you're a nerd like you know me keyboards that's the next best thing that is like the shoe game it's insane there's so many games crypto is not the only game yeah i'm about to retire <laughs> it's gonna be you and Corey for now on jesse i'm sorry i gotta find another game why it's just there's so many games <clears throat> you can game you can game you know like i don't games. you know I want to be able to say, don't hate the player, hate the games, plural. <laughs> I got many games that I play. So, um, you know, Ethereum's cracking 2,500. Um, the thing about Ethereum, though, is it's upgrading. Ethereum is playing the same exact storyline as Bitcoin is. I swear it is. 
people complaining about fees, people wanting to fork, people being torn about what EIP, excuse me, to implement, whether they should, whether they shouldn't. It's kind of like a funny poetic justice. I don't know. Or is that just me feeling that way? That the ether's like that? Because that's the way I, it feels like to me. I don't know. Hash that again. Run it by. Run it by what me. What I'm saying is like Ether feels like it's playing out the same exact storyline as Bitcoin did. Now we've got some contention in the ranks with these yeah. fees coming up. Yeah. Right? We got these transaction fees or aka minor fees, gas fees that are just astronomical. In mm-hmm. fact, the gas fees now are way, way higher than the highest Bitcoin fees to, to transact in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Twice as high. Mm-hmm. And what nobody talks about is Bitcoin is doing more volume than it did in 2017 with a transaction fee like a quarter that of 2017. And nobody is even talking about how Bitcoin is like slowly upgrading to do all the things like as slow as possible. Mm-hmm. And Corey's going to fight me on this, but Corey fights me on everything. But Schnorr Signatures and Taproot adds functionality into Bitcoin. Then all of a sudden you can start doing DeFi with Bitcoin. You got to be slick with it, but you can it's not as easy to program on Ethereum, but you can do it. So it's like, it's really funny that like Bitcoin is like, yeah, just, just keep on sleeping on me if you want to. We're just going to slowly eat the world very slowly the way it should be eaten because nobody should take big chunks of the world. It's a big thing. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think that the hype around Ethereum was with, you know, the smart contract functionality. And we we didn't think about the gas costs. But I I mean I, I didn't know the gas <laughs> we didn't was a problem. And and yeah, I mean you're right. In terms of just transacting in large volumes for like really cheap, Bitcoin still is superior than Ethereum. We should have like a we should change we should buy the domain the Avalanche podcast and just switch. Let's just switch. <laughs> Let's just switch. We got Damn, what, bro. 350 episodes in the Bitcoin game. Let's the Avalanche podcast. Let's just switch it up. See, but here's the thing. Like, I, I can't. It's like it's like the Lyft and the Uber, right? There are. I, like, I don't know what Avalanche is going to be. Is it going to be Uber or is it going to be Lyft or is it going to be like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Those. Yeah, what if Doge comes out on top? How that would be that would be weird. It's not gonna happen. I mean, you say that, but like that's what old people said. It's not gonna happen with with Bitcoin against the real dollar. Are you are you calling me old? What if what if Dogecoin actually becomes the like the money of choice for like the Generation Z, just to stick it to the Bitcoiners because like they're like a Bitcoin boomers, and then they're gonna like dump all their money into. Dogecoin. Well, they don't do what all old people do. I'll regulate. <laughs> I'll regulate Doge into into oblivion, and I'll, I will I will solidify and ossify my wealth <laughs> while you cry like a young bitch. That's what I'll do. <laughs> that's what I'll do. There it is, Damn. right there. Damn. <laughs> that's so violent, but that's that's about what it would go like. So violent. Um. By the way, the Bitcoin podcast in no way, shape, or form condones violence, especially using 50 caliber rifles on people. <laughs> if you were watching 
on YouTube, you would have seen that, but you didn't. So you don't know what I'm talking about. So just keep listening to your car, homie. <laughs> All right. So here's the topic that I thought was just dumb, but kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And this is topic number three. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> These segues are great. Hey, we're going to talk about a different thing now. All right. So... <laughs> Before I ask this question, mm -hmm. Jesse, yeah, are you afraid of the law? Yes. Why? Because. Well, it depends. Like, what kind of what kind of laws are we talking? Are we like talking jaywalking? Are we talking like uh, spitting your gum, like littering, and not in the trash can? Let's talk littering. Littering. Yeah. See, I don't litter. That's just that's just it, it doesn't feel right to me. I'll look for the nearest trash can or just put the trash. Are you scared about things that could be illegal? I think that's I think that's one of the uniquely different things about you U.S. us U.S.ers. Mm -hmm. Our USAers, or us USAers, is I think there's a vein of us that's deep within, and maybe not. Well, you you kind of immigrated, but like, <laughs> well, I kind of immigrated too, but way back in the day in a different kind of way. Uh, but you don't remember it. Yeah, I wouldn't remember <laughs> that. I wouldn't remember that. But what I'm saying is like, uh -huh. we don't give a shit if something's illegal or not. We're just gonna do it, and mm -hmm. then if it yeah. ends up being illegal later in the future, we're like, oh. Well, I'll just make it right now. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we don't really care. Where in some nations, if something is even questionable, they're like, I will never do that because they will throw me in jail forever. So mm -hmm. if it's not, if it's not, if I don't know if it's legal or not, I'm not definitely not doing it. But in America, it's like, if you don't know if it's legal or not, give it a shot. <laughs> give it a sh do you, do you think that that's, that's, I wonder, um, I wonder if that mindset, because I, I would say like people who are immigrants, they have the mindset of like maybe more along the lines of follow the law, assimilate, yeah. don't try to, you know, uh, don't try and fuck up a good opportunity. Yeah, that's true. But like, people who are here, who've been here, don't fix it. Why are you trying to rock the boat? Everybody's well, living good around here. I think, I think, like the people who have been here for a while, they're more comfortable with taking risks, and I see that in the way that people um, invest their money. Sometimes, right? Like people have, say, fifty percent of their portfolio is is debt, and the other fifty percent is, you know, uh, some some form of like real estate equity. You know, on paper, it looks like they have, you know, say, ten million in worth in assets, but in terms of like actual. It's like they have four million in in actual equity and six million in debt. It's like like they're okay with that. And it's just and then there's a way, there's like there's like a I don't know. I think different people are are accustomed to different levels of risk, but I can say that I think that immigrants have less to gamble with in terms of just just getting used to being here, you know? Yeah. You need less risk or less to gamble with. I mean, like, 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 uh, if 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 I was like an illegal Hispanic, there's no way I'm touching crypto. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Like, I'm not doing anything illegal. I just want to stay in this country to work and send money, you know, back home or whatever, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's not my priority to like make business decisions to try and uh, play in the gray area of the law. I want to stay in the white area. <laughs> you know, getting yeah. deported is costly, and coming back is costly. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. Well, the only reason I even ask is because right now, uh, Jesse Powell, also known as Corey 2.0, um, but he's the CEO of Kraken and happens to look like if if Petties were Pokemon, I definitely think Corey would evolve into Jesse Powell just from facial bone structure and stuff. Have you not seen Jesse Powell before? No, I haven't. Is oh, my God. I'm about to blow you out over there. <laughs> Hold up, hold up. Let's see. I understand there's a strange way to put that, but I'm going to show you a picture of Jesse Powell. Here we go. You think he looks like Corey? He looks like he could be Corey's cousin. Like, like I think he looks like Corey. He does not look like Corey. That's kind of... That's not Corey, dude. Oh, you haven't seen Corey with long hair. No, but he doesn't look like Corey, though. Well, you also haven't seen Jesse Powell on a video camera the same time as you've seen Corey. Okay, I mean, these are all facts. I interviewed him. I was like, damn, Corey. Damn, Corey. Uh, No, this guy doesn't look like Corey at all. He's got a whiter face. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Corey, like, you know, like Charizard and the big Charizard, you know, like, uh, you know, Corey's Charizard, and he's the big Charizard. Charizard. Mm -hmm. He has different ears too, different nose, different chin. Well, he's not the same person. Just the the forehead is completely different. Well, Squirtle doesn't look anything like a big water <laughs> turtle, Tankazor or whatever his name okay. is. Water yeah. Tankazor, Silo Silozoid, but like Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see how uh, they could be. Just put like fifteen years on Corey, and maybe he does a bunch of squats, and you could see how he would like, you know. Or, or I go like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, maybe if I jacked up my vision like a lot, you know, and then well, try to take the aspect ratio, stretch it. Maybe if I put on glasses that didn't belong to me and I looked at them, maybe they oh would be God. somewhat similar. I'm, 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 done with this. <laughs> I'm tired of this conversation. Okay. Jesse Powell is the CEO of Kraken. Which is one of the largest exchanges <laughs> on the planet. Okay. Largest crypto exchanges on the planet. And for, I don't know, like the past, I'd say three or four years. Why does my camera get so fuzzy? And then, come on, camera, focus on me. Why can't you see me, camera? <laughs> you can see your hand. You act like you don't like me, camera. <laughs> um, oh, anyways, like, uh, you know, he's rich, but he's, you know, cracking. <laughs> like Corey. <laughs> you know, yeah, Kraken's been cracking the whip lately you know what mm-hmm. i mean on regulations they've been playing by the they've been playing you know by the book lately okay. and then uh they they did some huge deal kraken did something they got bought or bought something uh what did kraken do i feel like i always have to look up because <laughs> there's so much crypto news i'm just gonna type in kraken well, let me ask you this going. while you while you're googling that can you multitask uh no, but give it a shot. <laughs> uh, do you think Coinbase will be bought by a larger bank? No. And by larger, I mean there's really not much larger than Coinbase. That's Coinbase a- is the larger bank. Everyone and their mom knows that Goldman Sachs is an <laughs> angel investor in Coinbase. It's no mystery. You can look it up. But like I, th- I thought that like 
that they wanted to sell no. Coinbase to no. Goldman Sachs. Like, I don't know. Banks will not be blockbustered. There's too much pride involved. They've been so good at what they do for thousands of years, right? <laughs> they will not be blockbustered. So Goldman Sachs has uh, Brian Armstrong by the short and curlies. Let's just be real here. Let's just be real. Let's be real. I feel like I'm TMZ. I should be TMZ of crypto. You know what I mean? Just start spouting off a bunch of shit. There's no way I can prove. But <laughs> there's like one vein of truth. Goldman Sachs, angel investor in Coinbase, Brian Armstrong has pubes. Therefore, Goldman, <laughs> Goldman Sachs grabs him by his pubes. I see. Goldman like- Sachs refuses to be blockbustered. They've now entered the crypto world. I see. What do you think that they're just gonna like exit strategy out of something that's clearly the next crypto bank? No, Goldman Sachs has is all. No, I'm not Sachs. saying exit strategy. I'm just I'm saying I. I let's I say you, let's say that this bull run never happened and Coinbase was still valued at because this bull run is the reason why it jumped from like whatever like ten billion or whatever valuation to seventy billion this past mm-hmm. crypto winter, right? Mm-hmm. Or this crowd not crypto winter, but this past uh. December or whatever, November. If if that I'm, volume I'm also, didn't happen, don't you think Coinbase would have been bought by by uh, Goldman Sachs? No, I'm saying Coinbase kind of is Goldman Sachs. That's my theory. I think okay. they're one and the same. I think that okay. I think this is what happened. You know, so let's run. Let's turn back the time to when Blockbuster was like doing their thing. You know, eating mm-hmm. that popcorn and the overpriced candy, and then Netflix walks in the room and is like, "Hey, we got this really cool idea. We want you to buy into it. You mm-hmm. can actually just buy us, mm-hmm. and you know, we, you know, you could Blockbuster videos can go like straight to people's homes." And Blockbuster was like, "Ha ha ha, you're dumb." I think yeah, Coinbase went. I think Coinbase went to go get bank- banking partners. Mm-hmm. And then, then they ran into Goldman Sachs and they were like, Hey, like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We think this is the future of currency, blah, blah, blah. We want to hold on to people's crypto for them in a way that makes them feel safe, blah, blah, blah. And then Goldman Sachs was, was like, do you mean like a bank? And Coinbase was like, yeah, you know, like we're going to keep their stuff safe for them. So they don't have and to. They said yes. It. And Goldman Sachs said, Yes. How much money do you want? Yeah. And then Nas came in and was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to put some money in that pile, too. And Goldman Sachs was like, sure, why not? And then, like, you know, and that's how that story goes. That's a very so they said yes, story. whereas the blockbuster Netflix, they said no to no. their demise. Yeah. But the banks were like, yeah, sure. Because uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But mm-hmm. he said, basically, banks are going to have to cannibalize their own services and their own revenue streams in order to keep up with cryptocurrency. And I think somebody at Goldman Sachs was like, yeah, this is the future. We're going to have to join them now. That's a pretty smart move. Whoever didn't say no, you know? Yeah, it is. But now that you guys have gotten your short history lesson on Coinbase, which is, we should have just completely made up the the, the Coinbase (laughs) podcast. No, like Goldman Sachs is an angel investor. No, I know, I know, but we're we're like making up the story of the no, actual I, dialogue. And what story did you hear? Because that's the one that I heard. No, no, I mean, I'm just you know, we're reading between the lines of the interaction. <laughs> Anyways, like Kraken is a Bitcoin exchange. They do stuff, and Jesse Powell is the CEO of it. 
And Corey this, will turn into that one day. Yeah, Corey's going to be I wish somebody in our Slack, please put Corey evolving, put his face on a Pokemon, and then evolve the Pokemon, and then put Jesse Powell's face on it. And he'll be like, what the fuck is this? And I'll be like, that's you, bro. You already know what you're trying to be. So once, once you get enough Pokemon mana or whatever, you're going to go into a cocoon, come out of Jesse Powell. Anyways. People who know Pokemon will be mad. Yeah, I don't know Pokemon. I was in high school when it got popular, so I had to make fun of everyone who was into Pokemon. Um, anyways, so what was I say? Oh, he's he made a warning and he said, "Hey, it feels like governments are going to be cracking down on crypto soon." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's really convenient of you, Mister Guy that wants to go public, Mister Guy that's playing it by the book now, Mister Guy used to be like fuck the law, but now you're like." I think the law is coming. So mm-hmm. here's some more TMZ action for you. Okay. I like this TMZ. You like TMZ? Stuff. You like this? This is what happens when Corey leaves. I get to just say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> he, so, doesn't, he doesn't give me looks. He doesn't give me looks and refute my claims and says, is there any empirical evidence of that claim? I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not a scientist. I just say shit. Just a person. Uh, <laughs> I think Jesse Powell is helping regulators write the laws in order to preserve his own wealth in crypto, body out certain currencies, body out certain competition. What allows him to do that? Like, what are his relationships? Are you just prognosticating, like, out your ass? That's the the American way, baby. (laughs) Say it until it it may happen. No, like, that's what the airline industry did. They were like, look, we're just going to have to write these laws for the regulators because they're not going to write them. Jesse Powell is one dude. You think he has time to do that? You think he, I mean, I'm sure he does. Uh, there's more than enough time if you're preserving your own wealth and, and bodying out your competition. All right. There's more than enough time for that. More than enough. That's mm-hmm. the America. The American way is like make a decent living in the gray area of the law. Yeah. Then when you're super duper wealthy and you want to maintain that wealth, start yeah. talking to regulators and buying lobbyists and then make a bunch of laws that make it so that everybody has to do what you, everybody has to do something. That's right. It's a scam. I don't know who that is. It's uh, jo- Joanne the Scammer, I think. is dude. It's very it's funny. It's like a dude. It is a dude. Uh, okay. It's very funny. I think he was like an Instagram. I think an Instagram. Like Model? he posts these videos on like Instagram of okay. him scamming people. Yeah. But it was like really low level scams. Like he would break into people's houses and steal toasters and stuff. What the fuck? Okay. But it wasn't like a break in. It was clearly staged. Okay, but it was just really funny because it's like Joe and the scammer, and he's still a toaster. And I'm like, it's not toasters cost like ten bucks. It's not even a, it's not even that big of a scam. But anyways, uh, uh, you know, that's that's it. That's, that's the airlines did. That's yeah. why. That's why we got to socially. That's why we have to socially bail out the airlines every four years because yep. they wrote all they wrote all these stupid ass laws, okay. and then it triggers congressmen to be like, oh well, I guess it means the the the. The populace has to pay for your losses this 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 turn. Here you go, airlines. Yeah, but it's like it's vital infrastructure, right, for transportation of goods and people and services. Is it is it vital, or should we just build uh, speed trains and and cut out on all this air traffic? Is it is it vital? Okay, I'm not going to go Corey on you, but is it vital? Is it vital? But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know rein you in a little bit with practicality. <laughs> is it vital? Is I mean, I too would love bullet trains across the U.S. That would allow me to visit different states that I've never been to, 
and that would be nice. But uh, planes, planes are definitely the way to go, and it's a vital infrastructure component to the way oh, we you're just, oh, I see th- we do things. Yeah. I see what you're doing here. You're playing the devil's advocate. So, so, so what I'm saying is, come up with a TMZ narrative that that I I may may nibble at, which precludes Coinbase to be a vital infrastructure component. When enough Americans have Coinbase accounts and the median in those Coinbase accounts is to where if Coinbase does anything shady, fractional reserving, and they no longer have the coffers to subsidize the accounts that they are custodians of, then that's when they would start to pull for some legals to be vital infrastructure, to be quote unquote, too big to fail. And then our tax dollars go to bail them out whenever they oh, make bad decisions. Look at look at BlackRock, right? I guess BlackRock is a collection of companies. Excuse me, what kind of rock? BlackRock. Oh, I'm kidding. Go ahead, like, keep going. But like, how how are they not classified as too big to fail? Right? They're six trillion. Maybe not a lot of people invest in them. Like maybe the distribution of the people that own BlackRock isn't very large. And does it? Okay, so that okay, I didn't know that. That maybe distribution might have a. That's just me. That's just me. TMZ and over here. I I, I understand. Home. I know. I know. I'm just. Uh, Maybe a, if BlackRock a, goes under, like ten people go under, then they're like, yeah. For who cares about those ten guys, right? But if something like, uh, who's that guy we were talking about? Ray Dalio. His stock mm-hmm. is like the teacher retirement system is invested in his stock, and they. You know, I think you know about that one more than I do. The Texas. One. I don't. We just read it on the show like three weeks ago. No, right? I know. I know. But like I. Didn't yeah, it like, have to do something with your teacher fund, though? Yeah, Texas a have teacher. a lot of teachers. And yeah. I, I was in the Texas teacher retirement system. Yeah, And little did I know, my pension was buying stock in that guy's decisions. Yeah. So if he makes a bad decision and all of a sudden I lose 25% of my pension, that's a big, that's going to hurt a lot of people. Not just me, but there's people that are retiring every year. If they lose 25% of their pension, what are they going to do? So so what I'm hearing is, and I mean, I, this is an acceptable TMZ explanation, is that if, if enough people are at risk by yeah, having yeah. invested in crypto through Coinbase, then, then Coinbase becomes one of those uh, institutions that we will bail yeah. out if need be. Okay. It becomes a systemic risk. If too mm-hmm. many people yeah. get too, too poor too fast, you got crime in the streets. You got people spray painting every damn thing Enemy. that's outside, yeah. right? You get you get insurgents, right? You get <laughs> you get you get Judge Dreads walking around. I am the law. Is that good? I don't know. I, forgot. I am the law. In this uh, this interview, that were good. Like in here it is. Hey, everybody. Hey, Bitcoin podcast audience. we got another interview for you guys. Uh, today, we're joined with the co-founder of Vibrate, Vajja. How you doing, Vajja? I'm good. How are you? Man, never better. Never better. So let's, we're going to start these interviews. You know all these interviews start. They're all the same. Like, hey, man, you know, where are you from? You know, how did you get into crypto? We got to get those questions out of the way before we can start having some fun. So... You know, what were you doing before crypto and how did you, you know, cross into crypto? What was your path there? Yes. So uh, my background is actually music management. 
um, I'm still involved in music management, so I manage um, one of the biggest techno DJs in the world. Uh, his name is Umek, and he's also one of the co-founders of Vibrate. Um, and back in the days before the pandemic, um, used to have up to 120 gigs per year, including huge festivals like Ultra, EDC Las Vegas, Beyond Wonderland, Electric Zoo, uh, had a residency in Ibiza. And during that time, we were investing heavily into his, um, in his online advertising. Uh, we were building his profile on social media, um, on different channels, investing in tours, album releases. And it was no way for us to really see in real time how those investments and those actions are influencing his uh, popularity online. And it was impossible for us to benchmark him, to compare him with different artists, similar artists. So we decided to build a simple website that was measuring the popularity of DJs, um, but it, we're only measuring how many followers uh, they got on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. It was still MySpace back then, so it was ages ago. Um, and it was, it was a pet project. We're using it for, um, for our own needs. And we started with 1,000 DJ profiles. So we entered top 1,000 DJs into the database and started measuring. And then we opened up the database so anyone could add new profiles. And we ended up with 30,000 users. Uh, and we said, okay, let's go away from just being electronic music. Let's go to all genres. So we um, then opened up the database to all genres and today we have almost half a million uh musician profiles so we're basically covering everyone who's done anything important in music or semi-important so basically all the professionals a lot of semi-professionals and most of the amateur musicians um and yeah then then we moved my wife and i moved to silicon valley for four months and we just crashed and burned there. <laughs> so we went there with only a prototype, with the first version of the website, no business model, uh, very low traffic. And we just thought our accelerator sent us there. They said, yeah, you're going to you're gonna kill it there. We didn't. So we didn't have a <laughs> network. Uh, we were just completely lost there. In the end, we ended up renting a car and just driving around Palo Alto and San Hill Road just crashing VC offices because we didn't have any intros. No one was picking up their phones. No one was replying emails. So we just went straight into their office and say, hey, we're vibrate. This is our pitch. Uh, at the beginning, it was super awkward, but then it, it kind of became fun, like, like a competition. It's going <laughs> to get a better reply and, and better feedback. And the feedback was surprisingly good because everybody said, we really love the hustle. No one in Silicon Valley, they're all spoiled. They're, they're just they're requiring at least three intros be, before they have the guts to show up. And you guys just storm into our offices and and here you are. At the end, we still ma did manage to raise our, our uh, Series A round because the obvious reasons. So we were way too small, way too, fa way too soon um, to get an investment. But we got a nice network of uh, VC contacts. And mm. then we, we came back to Slovenia, to Europe. And one of our uh, closest friends, uh, he was really, really early in Bitcoin. He was buying Bitcoins for 
I think five dollars and selling them for thirty, and then thinking that he's the best investor in the world. Uh, and then he got into ether, and he didn't do the same mistake, so he's pretty well off right now. Uh, he said, "Why don't you guys try and include blockchain features into what you're building? Uh, because I think you could really." Um, you could build a blockchain-based marketplace for musicians, like Airbnb for musicians, but with help of smart contracts, with crypto payments. And we said, that's actually a pretty good idea. And this is how we ended up in crypto. So it was it just happened to be on the peak of the 2017 ICO hype. And we sold out our ICO in under five minutes. Um, our token VIP uh, was um, first value was that people were earning it if they were helping us building the database. So you could, um, if, if you didn't find a certain artist in our database, you could register and enter their um, details in our database. And in return, you got some VIP tokens. And this is how we managed to grow so fast. And today we're the biggest um, organized database of musicians. Uh, we have a very powerful analytics platform. So we analyze about a billion data points from social media and streaming sites and events, um, data from events, um, from ticket companies. Um, so basically every artist in our database gets their own uh, analytics dashboard, like Google Analytics, but for artists, not for websites. And based on, on the popularity metrics, we can create all kinds of different popularity charts, um, different combinations. So you can create a chart of the most popular rap musicians from Finland or crazy combinations. And right now, uh, we're going to do our first pilot test, um, our first take into a, a actual blockchain-based artist marketplace uh, through NFTs. But the idea is that any of the half a million musicians on our database will have a chance to mint what we call a gig NFT, which is going to be an NFT holding a contract for booking. So let's say you went into crypto really early, so now you're a millionaire and you want uh, Jay-Z to play at your birthday party. And Jay-Z just happens to have a token on sale on Vibrate and you auction for it and you pay 100 ether for it and you get you get it so now you can cash in you can have him play at your birthday party or you can sell it to coachella for 200 ETH. so the idea is for artist gig to become a tradable commodity through nfts and so this is going to be tested um with our co-founder umek the, the dj i mentioned before and it's going to go live on 29th of april and if the task goes well, then we're probably going to implement it into Vibrate. Okay. That's a lot. That was to a pretty... that's a, that's a... <laughs> that's a... I just let you a long intro. <laughs> you were, you were rolling with it. That's a lot to unpack. Um, okay. So shout out to your friend who didn't make the same mistake trading as in ether as he did with bitcoin you know because he gave you some great ideas i mean i kind of perked up a little bit when i heard like man i could actually sell a musician's concert that's kind of cool um if i own it uh, that's even cooler um okay this is this is one question i just had there was one incident when sir gucci main 
was supposed to play a concert. And instead of playing the concert, he got on the stage and he said, fuck y'all. I don't feel like doing this. And he dropped the mic and he walked away. Do I get a refund of my token? That's that's always that that's that's always an option. So even I've got to talk to you. If and if you if and if you, you play up pay up front, which is something that you do for high profile musicians, you never know them. Sometimes they get drunk in a previous concert. They they oversleep. They miss their plane. They don't show up. And there's there are edge cases you cannot solve even with blockchain. Mm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The, uh, you do pay in, in advance before they're showing. No, actually, the the system that we we envision is uh, actually it it holds the funds in escrow until the NFT is burnt. Wow. So if if you if you book an artist and if they don't show up, you simply don't sign the transaction that burns the token. They they don't get the funds. But if they come, uh, you have to sign a transaction mm-hmm. that's gonna burn the token, and this triggers seventies and eighties. This is how artists actually work. So they they were paid in cash and they got 50% up front and 50% were waiting for them in cash and when they arrived uh, into the hotel room. And this is yeah. just a modern copy of, of, of that. You know what I'm thinking, Jesse? Yeah. Goon, goon insurance. That's what we should build. Goon sometimes, insurance. sometimes those goons show up and they say, Hey, I know we paid you, but uh, <laughs> we're going to need that money right back. It happens, man. It happens. Yeah. It happens. But anyways, okay, so how do you think your platform is going to empower musicians, right? Because musicians need empowerment these days because like your Spotify's, your titles, your Apple Music's, they're just draining musicians. And that's no mystery, but I think musicians now are at a kind of a point where they're like, well, I either don't put my music on those platforms or um, and, and do it my own way and keep more of my money. Or no, or but if I do it my own way and keep all my money, nobody's gonna even know I exist because the internet is this just never-ending ocean of creativity. So I might as well just go there and you know them take all my money. Like, how do you think that you kind of empower musicians to get out of that kind of uh, back and forth argument they do with themselves? So yeah, the first step is we make them more visible. Um, so right now, Vibrate is basically a B2B platform. So you have artists on one side, so the supply side, and then you have promoters and venues and festivals on the other side. So a promoter can come to Vibrate and they can look for new artists, for rising stars, for interesting um, DJs or bands or whatever um, nearby or someone who's really trending on YouTube. This is, this is you, can, you can spot all this on Vibrate. And so we make it possible for for artists who are really um, going the extra mile and investing into their online um, into an online visibility and performance. So they they're putting their stuff on YouTube. Uh, they're making sure they update their online channels. They're building their um, audience and they have an engaged audience. This will mean that they're going to go up our chart. They're going to be suggested as rising stars, and it just it just means more exposure to them. So we we're trying to make the game more fair, uh, because right now, even if you try really hard, if even if you do all those things that I just mentioned, if you don't have a high profile management company and, and a high profile talent agency taking care of your gigs and your profile, you don't really have a great chance of making it. 
out there. Mm. But we're trying to change that. So um, our basically our, our main goal is some time in the future to become the biggest online talent agency uh, for musicians. So right now we have all the analytics. So you mm-hmm. can you can see who's 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 good, who's going up, who's going down, who's really hot to book right now, and this is how we're building our um, audience. So we're offering those services to all music professionals, and once we have the critical mass on our website, we're just going to connect the dots. So we're going to uh, offer them marketplace features and connect them. So they so you first go to Vibrate, you'll filter out you're interested in so let's say you're making an electronic music festival you filter results by only electronic music artists and then you, you say okay i'll i want to book whoever is the hottest on spotify and really popular in los angeles and you're going to get those results and you're going to say okay i really like this guy and then you also have an option to book to book them directly to vibrate and having them play it at your event Okay, this man said our 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 main goal is to take over the world. It's almost says, like <laughs> it's almost like the fire festival, guys, but without the the bullshit. exotic islands and all the the company yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it's just it's just pure hard work. Are you gonna go after Ja Rule? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, he we have his profile on vibrate, but I mean, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, I remember that documentary and, and Ja Rule's like, my favorite line was like, it's not lying. It's just telling a different version of the truth. And I was like, what? Yeah. Was Alternative like, okay. facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So um, let's turn back the clock a little bit. You guys had an ICO. It did well, obviously sold out minutes. And how were you able to survive this long? Because a lot of, let's say, I can't throw percentages on it now because there's just so many tokens. But I do know that the odds of surviving that 2017 ICO bubble were pretty low. And now we're four years after it uh, or three years after it. Um, how how did you guys survive it, survive that low, survive the bear market? So we we did raise a significant amount of money, which gave us a pretty long runway. And one of the advantages is also that we're based in, in Europe, in Slovenia, where Mm-hmm. The cost of living and wages are are way smaller than being a Silicon Valley company. So we can afford having 45 people working for us full-time in our office. Uh, and for the same cost, we'd probably have like five engineers in Silicon Valley and maybe five project managers. Um, so our burn rate, we try we try to keep our burn, burn rate uh, low. Um, we... We also had to take great care um, about our treasury. So switching from stable coins into crypto and into Bitcoin and Ether and, and back. We weren't some, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. And in 2008 and 18, you mostly got it wrong, like most of the people in crypto. But we still managed to weather it through. Um, we took the... Uh, we took the time during the bear market to focus on our base product. So we, because if, if you mentioned crypto in 2018 and 2019 to anyone, it, it was they would just turn away and then walk away. So we said, okay, let's let's take this 
couple of months or years or how however long it's going to take uh, to further build our database, to improve our analytics engine, to do, just do stuff that doesn't have to do anything with, with blockchain. And once it gets back on its feet, then we're going to focus uh, on the blockchain part again. And this is something that we're actually doing right now with, with the NFT, with the gig NFTs. You're muted, D. Oops, oops. I was going to slide to you, Jess. I've been bombarding the questions here. Yeah. I'm co-garden. I'm like Kobe. Well, that's <laughs> like too soon. Kobe. Kobe passed the ball every once in a while, but let's be real, everyone. You know, I have a question, Vasya. <laughs> what what happened to DJ, like, was it G DJ Mag, right? They used to do, like, the ratings for DJs, uh, yeah. like, early 2000s. I remember because um, that's that's when I actually started getting into uh, into trance music and, and going to the clubs. And I remember seeing Armin and Tiesto mm -hmm. before they made the transition to, like, house music. Well, not, not Armin, but... It's more it's EDM, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh well it's it's still around it's it, it it was actually the dj mac top 100 was uh one of the reasons also one of the reasons that we decided to build our own service is going to rank artists the way we think it's fair yeah um because um the dj mac top 100 used to be a golden standard and yeah. back in the early 2000s it was it, it really reflected the quality of artists uh there were a lot of underground artists in, uh, among top 100 even among top 10 but then with the explosion of the festival culture especially in the us uh, oh, okay. and with the explosion of the fees of, of edm artists the fees are just all over this world they were uh -huh. before the pandemic obviously uh they just they, they got the advantage so they were investing heavily into their campaigns it was like it was like presidential election yeah. They were just competing who's going to throw more money into their campaign. And it just became uh, a chart of, of mainstream EDM, dance music DJs. So uh, later on, they introduced an underground chart, which wasn't as prominent as the main top of her DJs. But I remember being in Miami for a winter music conference, and Afrojack had, he, he ran at like 15 supercars, Lambos, Ferraris, Bugattis. Uh -huh. And a bunch of supermodels driving them up and down South Beach, promoting uh, him. And that was yeah, and that was that was his oh. campaign. And Avicii had his own hotel and stuff like that. It was just impossible to compete with those guys. And uh, so that's that's why we said, okay, let's let's create charts. They're going to be based on <laughs> online popularity of artists. Let's so their self promotion it. is what kind of destroyed DJ Topmag. I love that uh, line yeah. of thinking. Though. Interesting. I can't compete with Lambos. Let's make a database. That's, what, that's, 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 that's the best logic thing I've ever heard. Can't compete with that. Oh, man. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted y'all's conversation. It was going to yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I, it just seems so weird because, like, I, the whole, the whole, like, electronic music scene shifted so rapidly, right? Mm -hmm. It, uh, it, it almost felt like everybody was kind of selling out for that sound, you know? Yeah, it, it became uh it became a really mainstream thing. So big festivals were competing who's gonna pay more for, for their headliners and Vegas outdone them all. So okay. they're paying up to a million per per night for big DJs like Tiesto, Avicii, that mouse. They're just making millions playing yeah. two hour sets in their clubs. <laughs> it's not that's so bananas. So let me let me ask you this. Um, 
where where did you guys draw inspiration for the development of Vibrate, like as a platform, not the blockchain portion, but like as a essentially a, a concert selling um, venue or platform? Well, like I said, the the one of the reasons for creating the analytics part of the project was uh, not knowing how or the DJ we were managing uh, was performing online, how his popularity went up or down. We, we couldn't compare him with, with our artists. And the other one was, what I, I just mentioned, we wanted to do uh, an alternative top 100 DJs uh, mm-hmm. chart. Um, and then the idea of creating a marketplace just came spontaneously. Our, our friend mentioned that we should do this with the, with the use of blockchain. We said, okay, so we've, we first build a database. We get all the world's musicians uh, in our database, then we offer uh, the analytics, so people will be able to uh, to see who's who's trending, who's good, who's not. And then the the final step should be okay. Now using this this data, you decide who to book, and and you can book them to through through the platform. So, so how is this data sounds- being? Uh, like, where where are you guys getting fed this this real time data of who's who's popular, who's not? In terms of uh, is it in terms of like listens or no, it's we're looking into public APIs of all majors, major social media and streaming channels. Uh, we also have deals with Ticketmaster, Eventbrite, Eventteam. We, oh. we try to, to include all big ticket providers that feed us um, their daily event feeds, so we know oh, who's, okay. playing, who's playing where. And then we have this huge analytics engine, that a huge algorithm that we've been developing for the past five years. And it just then blends all that data together and it spits out metrics. That's, yeah. that's the that's the most <laughs> the, the easiest way to explain it. But uh, it's it's just stuff for mathematicians and and for engineers. I, I try to stay away from <laughs> that part as much as I can. <laughs> A lot of dividing. That's probably what's going. On. Adding and dividing. Uh, yeah, um, and, and statistical weights and creepy methods that i try to avoid during my school time all costs (laughs) (laughs) that's dope i i mean it sounds like you guys so vip token is is the token Um, yeah how do you how does someone get it like vip token so vip uh vip tokens um B as in as in boy. Yeah. 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 It's a vibrate. So V I B first three letters for the so you can purchase them on Binance. Uh so we generate most of the trading volume is generated on Binance. Uh we're also on Bitrex, OKEx, and a bunch of small uh exchanges. And we're launching our Uniswap pair in the coming days. So how so, does the uh, how does the underlying uh, Vib token convert, or does it convert to uh, the NFTs that you're having uh, artists sell on your platform eventually? So it's Vib is just going to be um, so you'll you'll be able to pay the commission Vib uh, with a discount. Um, okay. We're also going to verify your identity as an artist uh, through NFTs. So this is something that I forgot to mention. It's actually a pretty good um, use case. So um, we all know that during the NFT hype, there were a lot of frauds. So people were selling stolen art uh, as NFTs. 
uh, it was impossible to verify um, if something that was connected with an NFT that you're buying is also is actually legit and coming from the author um, themselves. And uh, now we're trying for so for musicians, we have a solution. So we, as a musician, you can come to Vibrate and you can claim your your profile. Uh, we will mm -hmm. very we will do a kind of KYC. So we'll make sure that you are actually the artist or the artist's representative. Um, and by that, so once we verify you, and we already have like 8,000 verified profiles. So once mm -hmm. we verify, we're going to mint you an NFT, which is going to be like a certificate of authenticity. And this NFT will serve as your ID. So this, with this, you're going to prove various marketplaces like OpenSea or Rarible or whatever, wherever mm -hmm. you decide to, to sell your NFTs with this, Vibrate ID NFT, you're going to prove that you're actually legit. So buyers will have extra layer of safety when buying your stuff because they know, okay, this guy is verified by Vibrate. I can see the NFT in, in, in his in his wallet, and I'm going to buy his stuff. So that's that's the idea. And but you obviously, when if artists uh, will want to be verified in that way, they're going to have to uh, pay a small fee in big tokens to us verify them i see do you know how uh do you know how most musicians because i i don't know anything about about this um how are musicians or yeah let's just let's just keep it to mu musicians um how are they verifying their identities to these multiple platforms like you're talking about like nifty rarible uh OpenSea? are they using one ethereum address that's associated with them across all the nft platforms i think it's just a huge mess so it's it, it it there's no standard uh for id verification up until now up until we, we introduce it so it's just a bunch of emailing back and forth and and um it's it's we're really early so it's right now i don't i i haven't spotted a standard that would um verify them I think there is a standard as a company that's doing this for visual art, uh -huh. um, but I'm, I'm not very familiar with it. Because, you know, it's just interesting because you'd, you'd think that, um, like, I think I think what you're what you're saying is, like, I've seen, uh, uh, is it Nifty or Rarible? I forget where. Um, I've seen Deadmau5 do collaborations with, like, uh, visual artists, VJs, right? Mm -hmm. And that artwork is associated with you know the artist like let's say dead mouses and he has he has like some sort of like verified address associated mm -hmm. to his identity i'm just curious like if in the back end you know all these platforms are i guess developing some sort of um, unifying way to be like this is dead mouse and this is like his ethereum address and it's associated with all these different platforms versus you know a problem that might happen later on if 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 not everybody is like um, on the same page in terms of um, this this one Ethereum address is associated with all these platforms. You're you're gonna have like a dilution of branding, you know. It seems like. Well, yeah, I, I see many problems. So it's right now um, it's quite easy to handle this because for a, just a, a small bunch of superstar artists that that are actually using the nfts to uh, to sell their stuff it's it's pretty easy to identify them 
Uh-huh. So if you're a service and you get an email from Data Mouse's uh, manager, you can probably verify them by their domain. You can call them. You can make a video call. Maybe that mouse is going to be on the call. And this is how you say, okay, I trust that you're actually that mouse. Um, but if this thing becomes mainstream, so if, if 10% of the artists that we have in our database, which is yeah. 50,000 artists, 10% of 550,000, if they start selling their stuff on those platforms, it's going to be impossible to verify them manually. And this is where we come in because we we're going to have them verified and any platform will be able to adopt our protocol and without them having to verify anything. So just picture it as an external KYC service, but exclusively for artists. Hmm. Hmm. I see. So, so this first NFT schema you have, is this the only one that you have? Or are you yeah. working on others too? Okay. Well, this the, we we tend to first try out stuff. So it's it's a startup thing. So we have to validate the idea. If you had a, if you get enough attention, if you get enough um, people to to like it to use it, then you go ahead and start with the first iteration iteration. So uh, this is how we approach any any of new ideas that we get. Because you get a lot of ideas, but most of them turn out to be crap when you test test them out um, in market. But if this first drop goes well, and if we get the verification um, thing, uh, if if people embrace it, if if people start using it, then we definitely, we have a lot of ideas lined up after that. Um, Just try to, to launch all of them. Let me ask you one more question. So this is kind of probably something I should probably ask. Um, and if anybody who's doing NFT projects, um, how how to what degree is are the NFTs that you guys were going to be like minting? How how decentralized are they stored? They could be completely decentralized. So um, once it leaves our smart contract, you can you can sell it you can send it to other wallets it's it's yours so we we won't have any control uh programmed uh in our smart contract unless there's there are commissions tied to those nfts obviously then you have to you have some control over it um but as as far as the verification goes the idea is that once we're going to verify you we're going to send you an nft that's going to act like your certificate of authenticity and you can use it as as if you're an artist, you can use it yourself. Or if you're a huge artist, you don't have to, you, you don't want to deal with that stuff. You can just send it to your manager's uh, wallet, and he's going to use it on your behalf. Okay, so you guys are using not you're not using the NFT like the uh, the visual aspect of of NFTs at all. No, we honestly we think that the visual aspect is kind of or like pointing to like some sort of media con- the container. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the visual part is some. It smells like 2017 ICO hype. So people are just paying crazy amounts of money for something that I don't think is going to have value for much longer. So we try to to use this technology and and bring some real long term value um, into this whole segment. And that's why we said, okay. So gigs, if, if you if you buy uh, the rights to the artist's performance, this actually has value. 
So whether for yourself or, or or if you resell at a festival, it's it's real value. I don't say that all uh, stuff, all visual stuff sold through NFTs doesn't have any value. Of course it does. So people's um, stuff, uh, the the thing he sold for what sixty million dollars, it, it really has some artistic value, and I really get it why he got so much money, but. There's also a lot of bullshit, and I think it, it's we're gonna see more to come. <laughs> Way more of that stuff. Yeah. I think there's that's kind of the crazy thing with art, though, is that's it's very it's so subjective. Like you're you some are bullshit, and then some are just not bullshit, and you can't really point to what is and isn't. Well, it's it's I, I mostly I. I yeah, I completely got what you're, what you're saying, but it's also people are not. Once people start seeing it as as easy money, they're just gonna they're not gonna put any effort into creating value. They're just gonna put all kinds of crap on it and start yeah. selling it. It's like the ICO hype. So people, I was joking that in 2017 that we yet have to see a butcher doing an ICO, mm-hmm. uh, which funny enough almost happened because one of the one of the most successful companies that are still around and they have one quarter of a billion market cap actually produces um a, a protocol for tracing chickens <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing but they actually got found a, a really good value but anyway um you just got carried away uh, <laughs> yeah I, th- I think like you said the, the artists what what do you think about it uh so it, you don't have to like it in order to be honest. Yeah. I think it's going to be a natural, like there's going to be good art from bad art. People will separate yeah. it. It's yeah. just, you know, same thing with the way art is now. So um, I got, well, we have some trademark questions mm-hmm. that we ask. Uh, Jesse, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so my question is, is what you do actually hard? What I do, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the question is: Is what you do actually hard, like difficult? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> we have forty-five people employed to do the job. I, I couldn't do it myself. Uh, so, my I, I see my part of the of the work in my company one of the easiest parts. So, I I take care of business development. Um, I do this, so I, I'm usually the one speaking on podcasts and conferences. But we have some really, really smart people with PhDs, uh, mathematicians, statistics, statistic guys, a lot of developers that do the hardest stuff in the world. I, I couldn't do it in a hundred years. Okay. Yeah, and all in all, it, it is a it is a hard nut to crack to do whatever we envision to do. Uh, but for me personally, I don't have the hardest job in the world. I have the, the greatest job in the world. Okay. Nice. So, so your job not hard, but yeah. vibrates vibrates job very hard. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, in ten words or less, can you describe a non fungible token? Okay. Oh, with ten words or less. Oh. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. That's tough. Well, I would say it's like the original Mona Lisa. So it's only one original. If you copy it, it's it's, it's not worth anything anymore. Only only one original? Is we going only one original? There is yeah. only one original. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Three to five words. Pretty good. Congratulations. We're going to send you your NFT in the mail. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We don't have any NFTs yet. Well, we will. Uh, so thank you for coming on the show, Vajra. We really uh, appreciate it. Has anyone as a nickname ever called you Darth Vaber? No. <laughs> oh, well, when when I was in in Vegas, the, the concierge asked me from a last name to to get my bags, and I said Weber. And she, You're Bieber, like Justin. <laughs> just no. said yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is just a disguise. All right. Well, you know those new Xboxes and Playstations are out. If you need a gamer tag, Baja has definitely got to be Darth Vader because obviously, you know. Uh, but anyways, man, thanks, thanks for coming by the show. Uh, uh, we, it was an honor. We appreciate it, man. Okay. Awesome. And we're back. I showed my girlfriend the new Dread movie, and she was so lost. She was like, "Wait a second, the cops." are shooting people in the face and i was like yeah that's the whole point of it is like the cops are judge jury and executioner and she was like but that's not legal and i was like this is a fantasy movie <laughs> i was like this is this is a fake movie this is not real and then, she, and then she goes she goes this is the funniest thing she goes yeah but at the beginning of the movie they said it's from boston to new york this big city right and i was like yeah, baby, but this is a fantasy film. This is not reality. This is this is fiction. One hundred percent. She's fiction. trying to. She's trying to like realize if there's any bits of truth, maybe to the movie, and there really aren't. No, I was not like, at all. <laughs> not at all. You should try. You should try showing her Star Trek or Star Wars. And see what happens. Oh, she can't do Star Wars. I tried it already. Is that too fake like, for her? I, I just think that, like, I think when you're dating a woman, there's uh-huh. this, like, no matter what you want to watch, they're not going to like it. Like, they're okay. they're going to... There's some movies where you can campaign really hard. Like, I campaigned so hard for The Matrix. It's like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. This okay. movie changed my life. I watch yeah. it every year. Yeah. If it were the Bible, this would be it for me. And she was just like, yeah, but, like, that's stupid, though. It's a stupid movie. And I Damn. was like, I was like, oh, wait, wait. That's not... You need to stop. You need to stop. But anyways, <laughs> my brain is hurting. We got way, way off the rails. And we then ignored, We ignored the off the rails icon that Alicia put up there. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> Come, we can tie it all back. TMZ yeah, explanations for the yeah, Coinbase. So basically, and... Jesse Powell. I'm about uh-huh. to. I'm about to. I'm about to look. Watch. Bring it. You bring it. Bring it together. I'm about to bring it together. Jesse Powell is an agent in the Matrix. okay if you don't know what that means you haven't seen the matrix and you're either 12 or not a not a good adult who's who's neo are you neo Uh, we're neo jesse oh it's a collective entity we're a collective neo was always a collective he was a collective the whole time no neo is one guy Keanu Reeves no, played well, him. No, no. <laughs> he saved all of humanity. Neo was, the collective, Neo was the collective spirit of man and machine. Okay. That's what oh, Neo okay. is supposed okay. to represent. Okay. Right? He's he was born again. He was born again both in the machine world and in the human world. You gotta really pay attention to that movie. It's deep, bro. Oh, 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 I know. I'm aware. Deep. I'm aware okay. of the plot lines. Yeah, he was. He was born again twice. He was born again in the Matrix. Neo is supposed to be like Jesus. The, you got it. The Matrix then, is one big analogy to the Bible. 
Yep. And then the and then what's her name's the Holy Spirit. We're getting deep here. Well, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to crypto. Let's go back to crypto. <laughs> okay. Jesse Powell thinks they're gonna outlaw some of your shit coins and they're gonna come after you because you're gonna be an outlaw. Okay. What do you think about that? I'm okay with it. Me too. I don't really care. Come at me. <laughs> Come at me for my shit coins. I, I, I honestly enjoyed the little like back and forth we had about the Matrix because I felt it was something that I could add to versus like these obscure ass references to rappers and music I've never listened to. I felt like I, I could I could tie into that one a lot. <laughs> the, the smile hides my pain because you haven't heard of some of these rappers and it hurts me. But I, I mean, you haven't listened to some of the music I've listened to. It's not true. I listen to hella musicals, bro. Hella musicals. Hella, but you think I listen, I listen to musicals? To, I know for a fact. You all motherfucker. You like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. All right. So enough of Jesse Powell. He's an agent. We get it. There's not going to be any laws for the near future. We're fine. Okay. So let's let's keep it moving. Um. Is there is there a fourth bullet point? Uh, there there was I think. There was a fourth bullet point, but I did want to say something. I got distracted. Jesse Powell, Coinbase, money, Coinbase, fantasy yeah. movies, Matrix, yeah. agents. Agents. Oh, man. Tying things together, rich rappers. Nope. It's not coming back. It's not coming back now. What was it? Was it like an idea? Was it like uh, more TMZ stuff? Uh, it was, was TMZ it? stuff. Okay. I think it was TMZ stuff. Okay. But a lot of my TMZ stuff does end up hitting. Uh, I think you have enough TMZ stuff that you stay. Like the volume of TMZ is just so massive that like it's inevitable for something to hit. Yeah, probabilities game. That's what I yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, so have <laughs> so audience listening. Have are you? So if you're on your way to work right now, mm-hmm. and you'd rather not get out of your car and go into your job. And you'd rather stay in your car than work, then your job probably sucks. <laughs> Wait, it's gonna happen. Just, just keep believing. Nope, never mind. It's not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> it's not happening. You got to do it again. All right, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it again. Are you? If you're going to work right now and you're parked outside of your job. And oh, <laughs> Alicia said it's not up on the brand. Oh, okay. Uh, we were gonna play a commercial, but we <laughs> took it off. Of uh, best we took it off. See, the best commercial. I'm not Alicia. No, I will not allow this. I'm playing this commercial. <laughs> I will not allow this. I'm playing this commercial right oh, now. God. Where's Where's oh. our content? We're gonna. Sh- I'm gonna share my screen. I'm gonna share that tab, and then we're gonna. Uh, where is it? Make sure F11. Remember. Yeah, because I don't want people to see my private keys. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, that looks so bad because it's coming through so many monitors, <laughs> but I don't so care. Off. All you right, might not even go. pick up. The- All right, go for it. I think that's not the right one. Oh no! <laughs> this trade wreck keeps getting no, worse, no, no, and I like no, no, it. No, no. <laughs> I keep, the audio is coming out of the wrong spot, but I don't uh, know how to fix it right now because it's glorious. YouTube. Keep going, D. 
Keep going. I don't know how to fix this. Yes, I do. Nope. The speaker wire just came out. That's not going to fix it. No, I can hear the audio. Yeah, but this is not the commercial. Uh, now I can't hear you. <laughs> the speaker wire came out. I was working gonna... in a job that oh, sucks bows. Well. <laughs> it's right there. No, what are you doing? Oh, God. It was playing. It was not playing. It was. I, I swear. I tried to hold the speaker up into the mic, but then my speaker wire <laughs> no, fell out. Was, so then the, the sound was the sound was being played into the uh, software. So you're fine. Go ahead, continue with the it's commercial. Too, it's too late now. Oh, the audio was fine. Yeah, okay, it was. So can, oh, so we can go back. Yeah, go for it. All right, we're gonna go back. <laughs> working in a job that sucks bowels does your job suck and ergo your life do you want to change that because your life is sucking join the tbp slack get a better job (laughs) that's it beautiful so commercial beautiful i couldn't hear it for some reason i don't think i have my sound settings set up right but is what it is if your job is not what you would like for it to be uh, you should join the Slack. It's an excellent place to not only maybe get a job, probably get a job, but also there. to talk to fun and interesting people. You know, one of our very own Daniel, he joined the Slack, started picking up, learning, started learning, growing, soaking it all in, soaking it in, soaking it in. He just got a job in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry to put your business in the street, Daniel. But do you, I don't know if you go by Daniel in real life. So maybe you do, maybe you don't. But oh, he said it's, it's cool. cool. It's cool. He said it's cool. <laughs> so he did. He went full time DeFi, uh, which is crypto. Uh, you know, Andy is in our Slack. Full time DeFi. Uh, there's been a couple of other people that are full time crypto, not DeFi, but crypto in other ways. Yeah, JT Yagi. JT. Uh, a few you know people. there's 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 a few people so what we're saying is this the jobs channel well, is definitely there are a lot of jobs in there uh please come check them out the cool side effect of joining the tbp slack is that you will soak up information at such an exponential rate that your expertise just through osmosis of existing in there will lead you to a better uh, not a better, but a career path that might just be a little bit more exciting than the ones you saw in that commercial. Right? Crypto's awesome. That's why I like talking about it every week. It's just crazy. It's it's like the wild, wild west, but not. And I think it's going to be that way for a long while. Even though there's a lot of suits in there in the space getting all suity. But let me tell you something, Jess. I don't think the suits are going to outpace the wild, wild westies because as soon as the suity gets comfortable, something like DeFi comes along and it's like, you know what? We're just going to not care what what centralized exchanges have to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to decentralize all that. We're just not care. No. So it's 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 a it's a nice it's a nice space to be in. I'm not going to lie to you. And it's getting mature enough to the point where some of you like mid level administrative. Uh, 
like managers and stuff like that, like you don't think your skills will qualify. No, there's some large companies in crypto that need organizational help. And you're going to mm-hmm. have a lot of fun and probably get paid in a token that might moon three, 4,000% one day. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know building a reporting structure could make me millions of dollars, but it did. Whoa. So do they have healthcare for most of these jobs? Or are they like contract work? Some of I them, think some of them, yes. Yeah. To work at Coinbase, you got to have like a PhD. It's, it's, no, you do have to have some heavy, heavy credentials to work at Coinbase though. So I'm talking about but, like, like these, um, these smaller, like blockchain projects. I don't I think, think they have healthcare on your own kind of thing. I think that's a huge thing of why people work for established companies that are, you know, American soil healthcare mm-hmm. for their family. Healthcare is mad expensive. Yeah. It's stupid expensive. It should not be that. I don't want to get on my high horse again. So let's let's go ahead and start wrapping this. We got to wrap. Wrap. Get out of here. Shout outs. Oh, we got to say the things first. So you should become a patron. If you're not a patron, let me tell you something. You should be. Every month, you'll give us money. We'll give you content. The more money you give us, the better the content gets. And this year, we delivered on that promise. Content's gotten better your money is going towards better things. Look at this. Look at our setup here. Look at the, look, look, we got, we got borders. We got icons. We got labels over there. We're live streaming, right? You're, you're going five dollars a month. I'm not just putting it. We're not just putting it in our pocket and just doing stuff with it. What's that going to get us one bag of Cheetos? No, but enough $5 could get us a hundred bags of Cheetos, which could go to one of the 1,000 subscribers of this YouTube. Right there. Scan me. that. Is that for following our YouTube? Subscribe. Yeah. Scan that right there. Subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe to that. Scan that and subscribe to it. Or screenshot this <laughs> and give it to somebody who's not subscribed. We get to 1,000, right? Yeah. At a thousand, it's like a hundred bags of Cheetos. hundred bags of Cheetos goes to one of you guys. A hundred. A hundred. Not 99. A hundred. A right. lot. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Join Slack, get a job, become a patron. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star review. <laughs> what do we say to people that give us four stars, Jesse? Uh, you can politely turn around and walk the other way. <laughs> that is not what we say. That is not what we say. You know it. Uh, I had to look directly at you. Oh, I had to look directly at you when I said that. How dare you? <laughs> All right. If you're going to give us a four star review, what Jesse was trying to say is you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and we're dead serious about that. We're dead serious about that. Okay. Uh, let's get some shout outs. Meg the Stallion, thank you for being you. I don't think it's her. I think that's Lori Harvey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Lori Harvey. Let's start with Lori Harvey. Just do the Lori Harvey shout All right. out. Lori Harvey, look at you, girl, doing your thing still. Uh, you know, oh, oh, I smiled, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. You're the OG of this. I've been giving you shout outs now for five years, which is a little strange when you think about it. <laughs> a little bit strange, but well, at least you're being years, consistent. Five years, week over week. Shout out to Zoe Saldana. 
Don't know why. I do one day, know why. One day was, she might come on the show. One day. It was it was drumline and I was 16 years old. Let's okay. just be serious. Okay. But Zoe, do your thing, girl. Uh Gabrielle Union. AKA Sid from Bad Boys 2 and the spin-off classic LA's finest. How do you not know Gabrielle Union? That's what I want to know. I mean, I, I've uh, seen Bad Boys. All of them. Great movies. I just don't remember her. When Mike Lowry was dating Marcus's sister, and Marcus was like, Oh my God, you dating my sister? You ruining my life. And Mike Lowry was like, No, I really like her though. No, I just remember the character, Mike Lowry. Okay. Yeah. Who's next? Michelle Obama. Man, and if you listen to the news like I do, you would have heard the tapes of. Uh, our previous president talking trash about the way that she looks because you know that's presidential but anyways michelle don't listen to that guy he's retarded probably actually oh excuse me 2021 you can't say that he's challenged uh shout out to michael b jordan uh for dating Lori harvey and shout out to who's that cleopatra again who is that uh the only name I don't know is Jasmine Tukes. Oh, that's not her. That's not Jasmine Tukes, is it? Pretty sure that's Jasmine Tukes. Oh, okay. Or maybe it's Jasmine Tukes. Who is she? Jasmine Tukes. Is she a movie actor or just a model? Or mm. Okay, yeah, she's a supermodel. Okay. She's a supermodel. You know what? Here's an opportunity for you models out there. Supermodel has been a phrase since like the late 70s. Maybe one of you guys needs to be an Uber model or an ultra model. Maybe you need to change the game a little bit, create a whole new genre of model. So I'm saying, got it starts up here. Starts up here. All right, guys. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, Do we have an interview? No interview. Oh, we had the vibrate. I thought, but maybe that's for the next episode. No, we did. We did. That's for this one? We've gotten this part out because we should have known that we had an interview. I feel, I feel like we should have known that. I so, should have probably remembered. Uh, play the outro. Play the outro.